0: because God's hand covered us before the tree fell onto our moving vehicle, impaling the windshield and the hood and crumpling and opening up the metal in the car's front end as if it were a thin sheet of paper. Destruction around us and before us, but we were safe because God's hand covered us. This is the Move Your Heart podcast, and I'm your host, Val Brown. What you just heard me speak to you is just a little excerpt from something that really happened to us as of this recording date. It was about a week and a half ago, and I will tell you more about the story of the disaster that happened to us on what should have been an ordinary trip, but it turned out to be extraordinarily supernatural in so many different ways. So I'm thankful that you joined me today, and stay tuned. I hope you're doing well today. Isn't life just a series of what we think are just ordinary days, but Sometimes they get interrupted by things that really aren't so ordinary. Some things are are seemingly disastrous. Uh, some things that disrupt our plans, and certainly uh, some of those things happen to us. the The date was January twelfth. It was a a Friday morning, and it was. Of course, I said a week and a half ago, so 2024 is the year. So we're just starting out this new year, and we had such an extreme happening. We had a plan that morning. We were going to make a 61-mile drive to a hospital where my husband was to have two MRI images. And our plan was to finish there and eat lunch on the way home. It would be a chance to be together. And it's his favorite restaurant. There's not one in our area, but we, we uh, learned of one in the city called Butler. The doctor appointment was in Pittsburgh So it was on the way home from our appointment that this event happened. But before I talk to you about that, I wanted to uh, read you a psalm, certainly. But I also want to tell you just a little bit about that morning. That morning, uh, we, we woke up and... I guess wasn't too long after having our morning coffee. Not sure if I made breakfast for us yet or not. I'm not sure. But all of a sudden, we're getting a call from uh, another w- uh, one of his caregivers, and uh, she thought that we had a, a tele- appointment, and we did not. But it ended up that it was okay. We decided that he would talk to her. Um, in the morning we had time before the appointment so that was a surprise but not anything that was earth shaking So I continued on uh, after after they hung up and i I um, had to choose what I was going to wear for the hospital often hospitals, are chilly, and I happen to think that I should probably dress warmly, so I was before my closet, and I was looking at sweaters, and my eye fell upon this one that is somewhat dated. It's a nice, warm sweater, and it has what we call a cowl neck, S-C-O-W-L neck sweater and it means that it has a lot of extra material around the the neck area so it it drapes down but at the same time if you kind of position it correctly it can keep your neck warm i guess i wasn't thinking about all those things but i was just thinking that it's a good warm sweater so i i thought i should go with that prompting and choose that sweater so that'll Come into the story a little bit later as well. So we did the, uh, you know, the morning showers, and then the next thing that is going to be uh, coming into our story, as we were ready to to go out the door to get into the car, I looked at the front door before going out the garage uh, exit, and I thought, should I lo- lock the front door? Now, ordinarily, when I leave the house, we do lock that front door, but for some reason I looked at it and I thought, should I lock it? And I thought, hmm, I don't know. I think I'm just going to leave it open. So why I would choose to do that, I'm not sure. Again, that's not what I would ordinarily do, but again, that'll come into the story as well. So we got into the car, we made our hour and a half drive to Pittsburgh, and I waited shortly in the waiting room, and then they took my husband back for the, the procedure. And as I was waiting in the waiting room, I was so conscious of this draft. Now, it's a winter day. It's definitely a winter day. It's cold outside. So you would expect that there would be heat circulating in this waiting area, but it was not the case. I looked up, and am I sitting underneath a a vent? Do they have the air conditioning on? Uh, It was just craziness that I would be so cool. So what I did is I took that cow neck sweater, and I brought it up around the back side of my neck, and that felt really cozy, and then on the front side, because it is a type of uh, neckline that will droop down, so it's supposed to be more decorative than anything, I guess, but what I did is I pulled it up to my Jawline, and I kind of held it in place, and I kept my my hand in the front of my neck, and I really did not care what others in the waiting room thought, but it was it was uh, something that would ward off the chill in the room, and so I thanked God that He had me. Uh, more more attention on that neck sweater. So very, very thankful that I had that. So he came out. He said that the uh, procedure went really well. So we got back to the car. Oh, I forgot to tell you that... Back to the, the drive, when we first approached the hospital, uh, we were turning into the, where the building, front of the building is, and all of a sudden I started get in, getting an anxious thought about parking because uh, sometimes there's parking garages and, um, oh, I don't know, sometimes it's hard to know where the entrance is, and I don't know, there's can be just some apprehension I, uh, that I have when I'm... Uh, in Pittsburgh and trying to navigate. So my thought was, where am I going to park? So as I got closer to the front of the building, I spotted the valet parking attendant. And I said, "Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so what I was able to do is just pull up in front of him in front of the entrance of the the hospital. And I was able to get out and leave my keys. And then the parking attendant was able to park my car. So I was very thankful for that as well. So there's another provision that I was thanking the Lord for. But as uh, we we uh, came out, then we paid for our um, our parking. The valet attendant brought her back, back our car, and then we were on our way. So, again, just so thankful that everything had gone so well to that point. So I was just feeling really, really good. Then the next thing is getting out of Pittsburgh traffic. So Pittsburgh notoriously has... Um, Busy cars, fast cars, and you have to merge your car out into the lane of traffic. And so that means you have to be looking in front of you. You have to be looking in a rearview mirror. Sometimes there's, well, there usually is two lanes of traffic as you're trying to to merge on. And sometimes people will get over and open up that lane for you to come on out. And sometimes they don't. So it's a moment of tension for me. But uh, we were able to make the, the merge into, into the lane to get out onto the interstate highway very easily. And since I was driving, I was very thankful for that as well. So I said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That was so easy. And then we're on our way. Um, of course, traffic is still busy. And then when it opens up and it's not so busy, I'm always thankful to get that to that portion of getting out of uh, Pittsburgh traffic. It's just something that I go through every time that we make that trip to to Pittsburgh. But uh, again, just so very thankful that it was going so easy. So we were looking forward to having that lunch on our way home. So I'm not sure if it was a half hour in, 40 minutes, something like that. But we were getting closer to the restaurant, and I thought it was actually a little closer than than what it actually was. But I said to my husband, well, we're almost there. And so he said, good, because I'm really hungry. And I was looking forward to the buffet meal as well, and he would order something on the menu. And I would probably do the, the salad buffet, but we were both thinking about the meal. So that was, that was something that was going to be the next thing. And it would be like a, ah, you know, just some time together and just a nice part of our trip. But something, something was about to happen. And this is where the, the story that I told you at the beginning, the little snippet comes into play, but, uh, before I go into that, I do want to read just a couple verses from Psalm 91 to you. And it's verses 1, 2, and 4 is what I will read. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you may seek refuge. But in between that, I guess maybe I'll read verse three too. It says, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. So I'm going to tear that apart a little bit for us. So, he he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. So, in other words, this person is living where God lives. A dwelling is a place where we we live and we abide. So, he says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. And he's talking about the Most High God. And it says that this person will abide or live in the shadow of the Almighty. So, if you can picture God, the Most High, being so big and us... uh, being so small, but yet in his shadow. So in other words, his shadow, his very presence with us, and and uh, him being so much bigger is casting a protective shadow over us. Isn't that the place where we want to be, in the uh, protective care with the Most High God being right there, so much bigger than everything? And uh, verse 2, it's uh, it's uh, the confession I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So it's the person saying, God, you are my refuge. You are that safe place where I can run. You are my fortress. Now, a fortress is like a strong fort, and that's a place of, of uh, refuge as well. But it's also a place where we can be on the offensive because we can, we can um, fire our weapons outside Uh, into the destruction that's outside, but while you're inside of those high fort walls is such a protection too. So he says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And definitely I have to say that, that God is my God and I do trust him. He is trustworthy. And then if I look at that verse three that I first skipped, it says, for it is he, it is he who delivers you, that means rescues you from the snare of the trapper. Now the snare is a trap of the trapper. So it is God who delivers you from the trap of the trapper, I'm going to say, and from the deadly pestilence. Now, pestilence is some sort of destruction that can kill you. So, putting it together, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. And then verse 4, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. So, Pinions, that would be like the, the wings, I'm going to say, like the wings of the eagle, for instance. So he will cover you with his wings. So this is another overshadowing of the Most High, but this is a more more personal thing. We can think of the uh, hen who gathers her chicks underneath her wings, and they are kept warm and they are kept safe from any predators or um, safe guards against the element, anything from the the outside. They're under the safety of their mother's wings. So he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. So again, in him there's that place of refuge and safety. So this is what was just about to play out, and uh, this psalm came to me because it's so perfect for what happened to us that day. So I will, uh, I will read to you how I opened the words that I used to open with. We survived because God's hand covered us before the tree fell onto our moving vehicle, impaling the windshield and the hood and crumpling and opening up the metal in the car's front end as if it were a thin sheet of paper, destruction around us and before us, but we were safe because God's hand covered us. So here we are. We're what I thought getting closer to this restaurant, and again, we're both looking forward to having that that nice uh, lunchtime meal. And I'm driving, so we're we're coming up to a light, a stoplight, and. A short distance from us, I could see it, and probably was going maybe 45 miles an hour, I'm going to say, so not too fast, but not too slow either. All of a sudden, out of my peripheral vision to the looking up and to the right, all of a sudden, I see a shadow of something coming toward me. And all of a sudden, I realized, this is a tree. And I, 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 kind of froze for a a second. And then I cried out, Oh my God, there's nothing I can do. And I've never that I can remember used loosely the words, Oh my God, I don't say that. But the words that came from my mouth is, Oh my God, there's nothing I can do. This big tree was going to fall on our vehicle there was absolutely nothing that I could do. Now what, what happened is that tree did impact our car. All of a sudden there was this crash, and there was the the tree, the the limbs, I could see leaves uh, or Branches, I'll say, not leaves. I could see branches, and I could see wood, and all of a sudden, I could see that my windshield is shattered. It's it's like lots of tiny sh- shattered glass. It, the windshield, for the most part, stayed intact, but... Uh, I couldn't even realize the full magnitude until moments later of what had happened, but my instinct was to keep driving forward, and I don't know if that was my instinct to to get away from it or what, but I remember um, going forward. But again, the tree is in front of me, so I'm pushing against it. And then all of a sudden, I can see again. And I could see that there was a parking lot on the right side. So I pulled my car into that parking lot, and I parked it. And I thought, do I keep the car running? And it's cold outside, and uh, it's snowing, snowing on the ground. Oh, and before that, there was some wind as well. I could see the trees blowing And on the way down, I felt the trees, uh, I'm sorry, the wind against us just a little bit, but it wasn't a terribly strong wind. But I had made this decision once I made it into the safety of this parking lot that I was going to keep the the car running. And I opened up my door, and I I said, What just happened? What just happened? and then all of a sudden i see someone from across the the road that i had just exited uh, a van had pulled off he had been on the oncoming traffic so he pulled off his van and he came running toward us and he said are you all right are you all right and i said yes yes we are i said what just happened here what just happened i just i just couldn't couldn't imagine like I've never had a treaty fall on us. I've never had anything like that. But we were safe. And then... He and then my husband and I were looking at our car and there's a a large branch that had impaled or punctured through the hood. And there was another, another limb that had actually impaled or gone through the windshield. So even though I hadn't noticed it so much when I was in the car. this branch was actually through the the glass and it was pointing toward my body as the driver. and then I'm looking at the the front end of the car, and there's the uh, two fenders along the left and the right side of the hood. they're crumpled up and we could see inside there and then uh, in the front the hood was raised up. Um, my, my husband pointed out that his mirror was the, the frame of the side mirror by the, his door was broken off and it was hanging down, and uh, I didn't know it until a little bit later, and examining a little closer, I wanted to know what does the the roof of the, the SUV, so it's a, a vehicle that sits a little higher off the ground than a car, not too high, but just a little bit more, but I could see the scuff marks of where limbs had actually marked the top of the vehicle, and I could see that um, there's a sunroof, which means there's a glass structure on the roof as well, but around that there's some trim, and I could see some some chunks out of the trim, and then my husband began to say if it had been just, a, uh, just seconds uh, later, then those limbs could have actually come through the top of the roof and the way Way that the, the big limb had impaled the hood, that actually could have come right down on us and we absolutely could have been killed. Or even if the, the tree, instead of hitting on the hood, if it had come down on the roof of the vehicle, again, that big heavy uh, tree could have crushed us from the, the roof line coming down. So we just could see it just, I just had this sense that God's hand covered us and then the tree fell because we were absolutely encapsulated in this, this safe structure. And I have to, to say that, um, um, I guess it was when I got back in the car a little bit later, and I'm going to tell you some more events, but when I got back in the car, I thought, are we all right? I'm looking at the glass that's across the the dash of the car. My husband pointed out that there was glass in the back seat, but I... We didn't have glass all over us. I was drawn to like a little spot in my palm, and I thought, is there glass there? And I could, thought I could feel maybe just a teeniest little, little portion of glass, and even, um, Even a couple of days later, I'm thinking, is there glass in there? But I've not found anything there. But um, I feel like maybe there had been a little teeny, 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 uh, almost unidentifiable piece of glass, but... Honestly, for all the destruction that was in the car and even inside of the car, uh, on top of the car, just and the the tree uh, doing what it had done, it's just a miracle that we were safe. So I go back to that psalm about being uh, him being our refuge and our fortress, that that safe place and abiding under his wings. But I really really did see it as God's hand being over us, protecting us, just like that hen whose wing is over her young ones so that they're protected. So that's how I see it, is that God, God's hand covered us, and then the tree fell. So yes, we were in the middle of dev- devastation, but we were kept so safe. So, um getting back to some more events of that time, so again, taking stock of all the damage, we did that, and the uh, there was actually a partner in that that van with that with that first gentleman who came running toward us, and one of the first things that he said when he came to us. Uh, other than are you okay, was that, uh, do you want some pictures? And I said, oh, yes, yes, I do. And then I said, do you mind taking them? I don't know if I can. So he took my cell phone, and then he uh, went running up the to where the tree was still across the road, and there were already some men clearing away the tree. Another remarkable thing is that uh, this biggest portion of the tree was still across the road. And I, I don't know how we got over it. I, I asked my husband, did we run up over that tree? And he said, no. And And I remember pushing against it. But I also did not remember going up over. I'm I'm not conscious of going up over. I remember pushing, but the car, but the tree was, was um, horizontal in front of us. So how could I not? Did I just pass through that tree? I I just can't uh, can't tell you how I got through that tree with that tree being across the road like it was because it was blocking traffic both ways. So yeah. Not exactly sure about that one, so that's kind of remarkable, too. But uh, the miracle of that man asking me, do I want pictures? It wouldn't have entered my mind necessarily to get pictures of of especially the tree, but that's what he was asking me. So he ran up, and he started taking pictures of the tree, and then... um, Afterward, I took pictures of the car, but that was key that was god 's provision too, because then those pictures became what I would send to the insurance people so that they could see the um, the tree that did the devastation and then we had so many pictures to show of the damage to the car, and they were able to actually total the vehicle, meaning not fix it. And uh, based on those pictures alone, they could see how much damage had been done. So if that man hadn't uh, asked if I wanted pictures, then we wouldn't have had pictures of the tree necessarily I might have thought about it but I might not have but um, he got some good pictures as the the men were clearing out the highway and then traffic could resume and then getting back to traffic too had I yanked to the left then I would have turned into oncoming traffic and maybe my going forward maybe that stopped me from being rear-ended with the traffic that was behind me as well. The other thought about going forward and pushing into this tree, it it dawned on me because we had to wait for several hours before we were uh, able to get a tow truck to come to take the, the car away. As I'm waiting there and I'm inside the vehicle uh, keeping warm, I'm looking at that branch that had pierced the windshield and I'm thinking, if that branch had not broken off by me driving forward, I could have forced that branch through the windshield even wider and it actually could have impaled me. So again in the miracle of God that that I I moved forward and just it didn't it didn't kill me in that way either so once again the hand of god protected us so i can picture him breaking off that branch so that that i would be safe so many miracles and then the other fact too that uh, the car motor wasn't damaged so we could keep warm because it the temperature dropped substantially uh, as we were waiting, and uh, with the car running, then we were able to keep warm. So we were able to, to call the police. The police did make a police report, and that was good. The, the gentleman that had come over to us suggested that we call the uh, police. We called 911, and they dispatched an officer. So that was also helpful. I wasn't... Uh, I didn't know what my next steps would be. I don't know if I would have thought to call the police. I was definitely thinking about a tow truck and about getting the vehicle out of there, but I was thankful for that man who was able to help to direct me in the steps that I needed to take. So I see that as provision from God as well. So, let me see. Um yeah, so my husband wasn't hurt, and I wasn't hurt. So it was like we were in a bubble. And again, there was devastation all around us, and, and we just kept marveling. And I, I did say to to those that, that came to us how that was an only God thing. I wanted them to know that it was the hand of God that protected us. And it didn't it look like they um, could— Identify so much. One person said that that we were lucky, and I said, "No, I, this is this is only God." I wanted to give credit where, where credit was due, and then also uh, the the tenant, the lady who lived in the house where the tree had fallen from the front of her yard onto our car. She kept. Uh, Coming down in her vehicle and checking on us and seeing if we needed anything. So even though we didn't take advantage of her offer for help, we just, we had her kindness as well. And she was able to tell us about the landlord and another tree that had fallen on the property two days prior when the wind was much greater than this particular day so that was key information so we could tell the insurance company because they wanted to know about the uh the landowner and the tree and assess whether or not they could recoup some damages on what had happened so that that was that was quite the day oh the other thing too It took me a while to get uh, a tow truck to us, so I won't go into a lot of that story. But uh, the the mechanic that we had been using lives about five minutes from our home. So I called him and wanted to know if he would be free to come down and tow us. So we were about an hour away and he said he would come for us. And then I said, is there any way we could ride in the truck with you and you could drop us off at our house? I said, unless liability uh, doesn't allow you to have passengers, then I can understand if that's the case. And he said, no. He said, you can, you can ride with me. So there was provision from God as well. So his name is Devin and he uh, brought his large flatbed truck down. It did, it did take an hour. It was just like uh, about a minute of being a full hour, but it was such a welcome sight to see him pull in with his truck. And he was able to drive the car up onto his flatbed. And then we were able to, to get into his car and be driven home. so we had a really nice time talking with him as we drove home. As we're getting closer, I said, "Oh no." I said, my my keys." I said, "They're in the car." And I was thinking about our place being locked up when we would get home and and then he said, "Well, do you need to get get the keys out?" I said, "Oh, no, no, never mind. I left the door unlocked. So remember my hesitation on locking the door, the front door? What I realized is that with that that door being unlocked, all we had to do when he would drop us off would be just to walk up to our front door and go on in. So I was just very thankful there, too, that I didn't have to worry about him taking time to have to get the car down off the flatbed at his place and get the keys and and it being such uh, a longer time and more ordeal for him. So just that provision of God for me not locking the the door when I left, that was, that was so good. So I hope that you can see the hand of God in all of these things. And I hope that gives you confidence that God is a very safe refuge. And the more we know him, then the more we know that we can trust him. We know that we can run to him and, and help. But in this case, the the need was there before I realized I needed help. So he's already there, that refuge that when... These bad things happen. No matter what these bad things are, we can run into him. We can run to him. We can run under his His wings or un- into him as a refuge and find safety and peace and well-being. And in so many areas of my life in the past, he's been that refuge. When my soul was so tormented by, by trouble around me, just things that assaulted me mentally and emotionally, just very, very difficult uh, circumstances. I always found him to be that refuge, that place where I could run to. And I could um, describe it as the the quiet in the eye of the tornado, that that very quiet place. Sometimes when it would be so fierce, I would see myself running to that fortress and um, being let inside. And then the trouble and the trial and the warfare, would be outside and I would be safe within his loving care. So I want to encourage you today that if you're going through hard times or if you have suffered some devastation, no matter what that looks like, you can run to God and you can find him as that safe place, that refuge, that, that one who towers above all trouble and strife and trial and devastation. And under his shadow and under his wings, you can find that, that safe place. So, friend, I hope you have found some encouragement today, and I hope this does your heart good. And I pray that you do move your heart to God because he's just so amazing. He's more loving than we know, more kind than we know. And, uh, wow, he's just so much bigger than every trouble and trial. So, I pray that, that you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and I pray that His hand is covering you and your life and your loved ones. He loves you, and I love you. Thank you for joining me, my friends. God bless you.